Welcome to Music for Life, enhancing the Armstrong concert experience. I'm your host, Ryan Malone. In today's episode, we will explore our program's brand new format and preview the exciting 2017-18 concert season here at Armstrong Auditorium, a season which features a plethora of ballet, including one in cowboy boots, a dueling pianos tango program, the world's premier banjo player, a new step dance show choreographed by one of the principal dancers from Riverdance, a brand new choral orchestral work on the life of the biblical figure Abraham, Europe's oldest orchestra, and the world's most adored swing band. So stick around. This exciting season preview is coming up next on Music for Life. With this episode, we begin our third season of Music for Life. For the first two seasons, Music for Life was largely a music appreciation and music history-based program. We would explore a musical theme each episode, going through not only the major eras of standard music history, but giving an ancient perspective with a Sounds of Scripture segment. We would also talk about an aspect of music education as related to the theme of the show, a segment called Classroom Corner. Throughout the first season, when we had two-hour episodes, we also had a heavy interview element called Backstage Banter, where I interviewed performers on the concert circuit, and those interviews usually tied in directly to the theme of the episode. Many of those performers were artists who had performed here at Armstrong Auditorium, the palatial performing arts venue located right here on our campus of Herbert W. Armstrong College. The Armstrong Auditorium connection to the program was not just seen in the backstage banter segments. Occasionally, we would break our format to have episodes that were called pre-concert talks. These singular episodes aired the week of a concert at Armstrong Auditorium and served as program notes, if you will, for the upcoming performance. We felt these were a tremendously beneficial service to our concert goers, and it gave our program a unique component compared to other music appreciation type radio shows on public radio around the country. So as we considered the format for this season of Music for Life, we considered two things. First, we felt like one episode was never enough to thoroughly explore an entire 90 to 100 minute program of music that would be performed here at Armstrong. And second, we felt like our first two seasons had sufficiently covered the major themes of music history and music appreciation. Add to that, again, the fact that there are plenty of music appreciation type audio programs that one can tune into or download. So we are pleased to announce a brand new format this season, a unique structure to our program that will help distinguish it from the others. What we are doing this season is making most of the episodes explore different aspects of the concert season here at Armstrong Auditorium, each show exploring a different aspect of the repertoire or the artists to grace the Armstrong stage, not just one episode that serves as program notes, but multiple episodes in the lead-up to a concert. We have even changed the tagline of our program, which regular listeners might have noticed at the top of this episode, that tagline being, Enhancing the Armstrong Concert Experience. This program will thus be a support to Armstrong, and it will be of tremendous benefit to you, the listener, and you, the concert-goer. Imagine this. You are at a public lecture to hear a famous man speak. 
he is allotted to talk for about two hours. The only thing is, this orator speaks a language you don't understand, and you have no translation device. For the most part, you like the sound of the language, and for about 10 to 15 minutes, you could simply relax as you hear the phonations of this foreign tongue wash over your ears. But eventually, you will start to lose interest, because those sounds, which don't have much meaning to you, will begin to sound too similar to keep your brain engaged. Your mind will wander. Of course, if the orator has visual aids, or if he gestures wildly, jumps up and down, you might leave thinking, hey, I really liked it when he showed that object, uh, when he made that funny face, when he started doing jumping jacks in the middle of the lecture. But other than these tangential elements, what he said is still lost on you. And without a translation, the language he spoke was simply a collection of beautiful sounds that soon blended together in a non-distinct way and communicated very little to you. Since I consider music a language much like any other, I believe that metaphor applies to how most people consume a concert. They want to enjoy it. They want to feel cultured, and yet without a translation, it's just a series of sounds that don't really say too much to the listener. They need a translation. Consider this program that translation. Again, we will devote three or four weekly episodes to each upcoming Armstrong concert. Two or three of those will discuss the music, and the last one will discuss the artist or performing group. I plan, for most of those artist spotlight programs, to interview the artist so they can share firsthand with our audiences what they are most excited about as pertains to their program. So this will be the format for most of the episodes. Throughout the season, there will be the occasional special episode, one that doesn't relate specifically to an upcoming concert. The very next episode I have planned should be one of those, before we launch into the season's discussion of these performances. Then, of course, throughout the season, we will air the occasional repeat episode on kpcg.fm, but even those repeats have been carefully selected to relate to the next concert on the series here at Armstrong. I think this will be an exciting exploration of the great music and the great artists to perform here. And again, for this episode today, I hope to give an overview or a preview of every artist we will be presenting and discussing and a preview of some of the fantastic repertoire we will be hearing this season. To kick off our season on September 14th, and it will be quite the kick with all the cowboy boots, we have the Oklahoma City Ballet performing Aaron Copland's quintessential Western ballet, Rodeo, as well as the classic ballet by Igor Stravinsky, The Firebird. Oklahoma City Ballet has been our metro area's professional ballet company for 45 years, since 1972. It is the resident dance company of OKC's Civic Center Music Hall, where it performs four main stage productions a year. The group also tours across Oklahoma and surrounding states. It offers classes and multiple outreach programs. Both titles that OKC Ballet will be presenting at Armstrong have an Oklahoma touch, of course, what better company could there be performing the great cowboy ballet by Aaron Copeland, Rodeo? Now, you may have heard it pronounced Rodeo, which it was fashionable at one time to use the French pronunciation of this title, and it is still completely acceptable. I will stick with the American Rodeo. The other title OKC Ballet is performing is Igor Stravinsky's classic Firebird. This has an Oklahoma touch, too, because it has been re-choreographed by the OKC Ballet's artistic director, Robert Mills. 
The story remains essentially the same though, an evil ogre who turns intruders of his forest into stone, conquered eventually by the magical title character, and allowing the prince of the story to marry a princess. Again, we will discuss all this in great detail on future programs, but to whet your appetite, here is the famous finale of the ballet. This was made famous in the Disney movie Fantasia 2000. We're hearing a recording here of Simon Rattle conducting the City of Birmingham Symphony Orchestra. Simon Rattle conducted the City of Birmingham Symphony Orchestra in the finale to Igor Stravinsky's Firebird Suite, music from the ballet that will open the season at Armstrong Auditorium, performed by the Oklahoma City Ballet and re-choreographed by its artistic director, Robert Mills. For the second half of the OKC Ballet's program, we will see, as mentioned earlier, the quintessential cowboy ballet, Rodeo by Aaron Copeland. This is one of Copeland's more famous ballets, choreographed by the renowned American dance legend Agnes DeMille. The most famous musical moment in this work is the hoedown movement, made famous in the advertising campaign funded by the Beef Checkoff program, which used the slogan, Beef, it's what's for dinner. Let's hear this fun movement in a recording by the Cincinnati Pops Orchestra under the baton of Eric Kunzel. 
Eric Kunzel conducted the Cincinnati Pops in that recording of Hoedown, a movement from Aaron Copeland's ballet suite from Rodeo. Rodeo will serve as the second half of Armstrong Auditorium's season opener featuring the Oklahoma City Ballet. This September 14th season opener will feature this work with the original choreography by Agnes DeMille. The second event of the season will be another unique and exciting treat for our audiences. Some of you may be familiar with a radio personality by the name of Christopher O'Reilly. He hosts a show on NPR called From the Top, where he introduces listeners to the latest child prodigies about to burst on the music scene. For many of these instrumentalists, Mr. O'Reilly accompanies their performances at the piano, being an accomplished concert pianist himself. We are pleased to have him come to Armstrong for the second concert of the 2017-18 season coming on November 9th, and he is not coming alone. Christopher O'Reilly will be joined by another great pianist of our day, but one of a different ilk. Pablo Ziegler is a Latin Grammy-winning pianist and composer in the Tango Nuevo tradition. Again, we will explore these artists and these styles more on future programs, but imagine this, two pianists and our two Hamburg Steinway pianos in Armstrong Auditorium playing a night of tango music. This program is fittingly called Two to Tango. This program and pairing are relatively new, so there isn't a major recording available at this time, but here is an excerpt from a live performance they did in Hunter, New York, at the Dr. O Center for the Arts in 2014. This is El Empedrado. listening to Music for Life. I'm your host, Ryan Malone. This is KPCG. In today's episode, we are exploring our program's brand new format and previewing the exciting 2017-18 concert season at Armstrong Auditorium. That was El Empedrado from a live performance with pianists Christopher O'Reilly and Pablo Ziegler, who team up on the Armstrong Auditorium stage November 9th as the second event of our new concert season. These two stunning artists will tickle the combined 176 keys of our two Hamburg Steinway concert grand pianos in a program titled Two to Tango. 
Just under three weeks after that performance on November 28th, we welcome violinist Ray Chen to Armstrong. Ray Chen is a young, charismatic, and supremely talented violinist making big waves in the musical world right now. He won two of the world's most prestigious violin competitions, the Yehudi Menuhin in 2008 and the Queen Elizabeth in 2009. His Carnegie debut and Musikverein appearance were met with standing ovations. In 2012, he was the youngest soloist ever to perform in the televised Nobel Prize concert. Still quite young, he is active on social media with over 2 million followers on SoundCloud and an array of self-made quirky musical comedy videos on YouTube. And he stands as one of the musicians on the concert circuit today who is trying to break down barriers between classical music and popular culture. His program at Armstrong will be a dazzling display of fiddle fireworks, a program that we've dubbed Journey Across Europe, as it features repertoire from Spain, France, Belgium, Germany, and Hungary. More specifically, he will perform Beethoven's first violin sonata, the violin sonata by Camille Saint-Saëns, the solo sonata by Belgian composer Isai, the popular Spanish suite by Manuel de Falla, and the ever-popular Hungarian folk arrangement by Vittoria Monti called Chardash. Ray Chen will be collaborating with Julio Elizalde, a gifted pianist who has collaborated with the who's who of classical musicians, from Itzhak Perlman to Sarah Chang, and has performed for presidents, senators, and other dignitaries. We're hearing a selection here from one of Mr. Chen's three critically acclaimed albums on the Sony label. This is the album that includes the Mendelssohn and Tchaikovsky violin concertos. This is the latter, the first movement of a concerto that was at one point deemed unplayable in parts by a prominent violinist of Tchaikovsky's day. Here, Mr. Chen is playing with the Swedish Radio Symphony Orchestra with Daniel Hardin conducting.
That was the first movement of Peter Tchaikovsky's Violin Concerto in D, performed in that recording there by Ray Chen, a violinist performing November 28th this year at Armstrong Auditorium. Moving on in our preview of the 2017-18 season, we have an exciting fusion of talents. The world's premier banjo player, Bela Fleck, is coming to Armstrong Auditorium on January 16, 2018, and he will be collaborating with the inventive young string quartet Brooklyn Rider. Slipping seamlessly between the diverse worlds of American roots music and classical, these five musicians will reveal a rich range of musical possibilities. We will devote a show to discussing this collaboration, but I'd like to talk about each artist here as a separate entity and play a representative example of each. Bela Fleck's playing was described by the Washington Post as brilliantly original and inarguably gorgeous. Mr. Fleck describes his early influences, the soundtrack for the Beverly Hillbillies TV show, plus the bluegrass sounds of Flat and Scruggs, as being like sparks going off in my head, he said. The rest is history, to which his 15 Grammy Awards can attest. Here's a recording I played back in the first season of Music for Life. This is Bela Fleck collaborating with the famous Irish band The Chieftains. This is The Bells of Blackville.
That was banjo virtuoso Bela Fleck collaborating with the Chieftains in that recording of The Bells of Blackville. Mr. Fleck will be performing at Armstrong Auditorium January 16, 2018, and joining him will be a string quartet. Now, a string quartet is typically considered a very traditional classical institution, but the ensemble joining Bela Fleck has been hailed as the future of chamber music by Strings Magazine. The quartet, called Brooklyn Rider, is now just over 10 years old and is comprised of musicians who collaborated with cellist Yo-Yo Ma in his Silk Road project. We will talk more about this group in a future program, but let's get a little taste of the kind of work they perform, which usually includes modern composers like Philip Glass and John Adams, as well as the works of their own Colin Jacobson, who plays second violin in the group. This is a recording of Philip Glass's Bent Suite for String Quartet. This is the sixth movement. are listening to Music for Life. I'm your host, Ryan Malone. This is KPCG. In today's episode, we are exploring our program's brand new format and previewing the exciting 2017-18 concert season here at Armstrong Auditorium. 
That was Brooklyn Rider, a popular young string quartet on the concert circuit today, playing the sixth movement of Philip Glass's Bent Suite for String Quartet. Brooklyn Rider will be teaming up with the world-famous banjo virtuoso Bela Fleck for a collaborative concert on January 16, 2018, a program titled Night Flight Over Water. Just under two weeks later, Armstrong Auditorium is pleased to welcome back to its stage the Moscow Festival Ballet, performing two brand new programs on two consecutive nights. The first program will be a best of Russian ballet gala program featuring the greatest hits, if you will, of the art form. The second night will feature Tchaikovsky's Romeo and Juliet, which isn't a full-length production of itself and is being paired with a Best of Tchaikovsky program featuring the greatest hits of other ballets like Swan Lake and The Sleeping Beauty. The music for Romeo and Juliet is extremely well-known, and here is a little of it in a recording of Daniele Gatti conducting the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra.
That was the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra under the baton of Daniele Gatti, performing a portion of Peter Tchaikovsky's Romeo and Juliet Overture, an orchestral work that was eventually choreographed into a ballet. The Moscow Festival Ballet will present that short work, along with some of the other greatest hits of Tchaikovsky and the Russian ballet tradition, at Armstrong Auditorium on January 29th and 30th, 2018. The dance spirit continues about three weeks later when Dublin Irish Dance comes to Armstrong Auditorium on February 20th. This is a program choreographed by Anthony Fallon, one of the principal dancers of Riverdance. Under his direction, we have a dance troupe of world champion Irish step dancers combined with a sensational eight-member traditional Irish band and vocalist. This all-star cast will bring to life the epic tale of Celtic culture and its immigration to the new world in a program of traditional melodies and astounding steps that will surely be a crowd favorite. an example from Dublin Irish Dance, the exciting new musical and step dancing troupe coming to Armstrong Auditorium February 20th, a show choreographed by one of the principal dancers of the popular River Dance production. Continuing in the international flavor of our 2017-18 season here at Armstrong Auditorium, next we have one of the world's oldest and most illustrious orchestras, the Staatskapelle Weimar. The German word Staatskapelle literally translates to state chapel, but it is a term used in Germany to describe the musical institutions of princely courts. Founded in 1491, this is the oldest of these German institutions. When at Armstrong, this orchestra from Weimar will be conducted by its music director and principal conductor, Kirill Karabitz. And this German institution will bring a program from one of the greatest German composers of all time, Johannes Brahms. This all-Brahms program will feature the tragic overture, Brahms's epic first symphony, and his beloved violin concerto. Featured in the latter work will be violinist Valery Sokolov, 
one of Ukraine's leading violinists who has studied and performed all over Europe. Let's hear a recording of the Brahms Violin Concerto. This isn't a recording of the orchestra or violin soloist who will be at Armstrong. This is a recording of Joshua Bell performing with the Cleveland Orchestra and conductor Vladimir Ashkenazi. You are listening to Music for Life. I'm your host, Ryan Malone. This is KPCG. In today's episode, we have been exploring our program's brand new format and previewing the exciting 2017-18 concert season at Armstrong Auditorium. 
That was the Cleveland Orchestra, conductor Vladimir Ashkenazi, and soloist Joshua Bell, in the third movement of the Violin Concerto by Johannes Brahms. This will be one of the works performed on the March 15, 2018 concert at Armstrong Auditorium, featuring the Staatskapelle Weimar and violin soloist Valery Sokolov. There are two more events to take place in the 2017-18 season. The first of these two remaining events will be the premiere of a new oratorio, or a work for chorus and orchestra. This is a work composed by yours truly on the life of the epic biblical figure Abraham. It will be performed by the Herbert W. Armstrong College Choral Union and Professional Orchestra. The orchestra is comprised of musicians who play in the area's professional symphonic ensembles. The chorus is comprised of faculty, staff, and students of Herbert W. Armstrong College, as well as local members of the Philadelphia Church of God World Headquarters congregation. This is the same group that opened Armstrong Auditorium back in September 2010 with a performance of Felix Mendelssohn's well-known oratorio, Elijah. And we are excited to premiere this new work here toward the end of the 2017-18 season. The story flow follows the illustrious history of one of the Old Testament's most revered figures and is brought to life in a modern, accessible, and grand choral orchestral score. It covers the tragedies, miracles, complications, and triumphs that test the faith of this devout patriarch, his noble wife Sarah, and their meek handmaiden Hagar. Since this is a new work, there is no recording of this as of yet, but I do hope to reveal some of the musical motifs of this work in a future episode to prepare our audiences for this premiere. But for now, and for sake of time, we will move on to our next and final event of the 2017-18 season at Armstrong. We will be closing our season with the ever-popular American institution, the Glenn Miller Orchestra. This is the most popular and sought-after big band in the world. Glenn Miller was one of the most successful of all dance band leaders back in the swing era of the 1930s and 40s. He disbanded the group at the height of its popularity so he could join the armed forces. He disappeared during the war and was eventually declared dead. After the release of a major motion picture starring Jimmy Stewart in 1954, interest and in popular demand led to the Miller estate authorizing the formation of the present Glenn Miller Orchestra in 1956. The most famous tune from the Glenn Miller Band would have to be In the Mood. We will close today's episode with this recording.
You have been listening to Music for Life, a production of KPCG 101.3 on the FM dial in Edmond, Oklahoma. From the Herbert W. Armstrong College campus, I'm Ryan Malone. Thanks for joining me.